Let's do it. All right, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast, episode 58 on this, uh, what we record, September 14th, and with me always is Richard and Roy. Good evening, everyone. This is Rich coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. And this is Roy from Holland, Michigan, where it's uh, it's getting a little cool in the evenings now. Oh, isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's starting to starting to get a little chill here too. With mm-hmm. down in down at Adam Land, it's probably still 95 every day. But uh, yeah, and we have a hurricane that will be here right where I'm at now. Uh, Wednesday, it, it it impacts the landmass between Louisiana and Alabama. Uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m., I think, and then it'll be up be- here. Better known as Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> You're just called the landmass now? What do you like, Prince, where you gave up your name and you just get the <laughs> landmass between now? <laughs> uh, no, Richard. It's it's That's what, like, the Weather Channel and anybody else actually <laughs> calls us, and we are so salty about it. It started with the, <laughs> with the Katrina anniversaries, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's... It, Used to, you could actually get T-shirts here in Mississippi that said, like, the landmass between Louisiana and uh, Alabama. And uh, (laughs) famously, and I'll try to have a picture of this in the show notes, uh, after Katrina, like right after, Jimmy Buffett, Mississippi native, uh, did a benefit concert for Katrina victims, and he had uh, some artist in Georgia, or, I'm sorry, not Georgia, some artist somewhere drew a, the back picture of it. And the back picture, it was supposed to show, it's kind of a stylized, like, look at the states in the Mm -hmm. Gulf of Mexico. And from left to right, it's like, they went Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, um, Georgia, then Florida. <laughs> so no Mississippi in there. Yes, and also Georgia is not on the Gulf of Mexico. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, yeah, a, a guy I worked with, actually, he was like, yeah, I went to that concert, and I made sure to get three of those, because it's hysterical. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so we'll, we'll follow me on Twitter, and you'll find out if I have power or not. So, so how many hurricanes have you weathered? I mean, is it like one a year, more than that? Um, now, what sorts of steps do you take, like, around your house to prepare for it? Uh, okay, like, uh, Katrina was, like, nothing like it in my entire life. But past that, other hurricanes were basically kind of like a tornado. Mm-hmm. Usually because they would spawn torna- tornadoes, and... It would, like, because where I grew up was in Marion County. It's right on the uh, Louisiana border, and it's probably an hour and a half from the coast. So mm-hmm. you you got impacted by hurricanes, and uh, it was just, you know, they'd always kind of go around us or whatever my whole life. But, yeah, Katrina went right through us, and it was such a mess. Uh, but for a regular hurricane like this one, since I'm further up north by Jackson, uh, I just kind of make sure I have a, I know where a flashlight is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually have a couple gallons of water laying around anyway. This far north, we should not be without power more than like 12 hours or something like that. But yeah, if you're on the coast, you have to evacuate or you're going to die. Uh, that that was like a big thing in Katrina. A whole lot of people died because they didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah. We're talking about a big storm surge down there. I, yeah, I th- that's what kills you is that. And if you go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, 
there's still slabs there uh, where people have never rebuilt. It's these houses that are just right over the highway. Yeah, it's, it's our Gulf is kind of weird because uh, during like during World War II, uh, it was forest right up into the water. We didn't have a beach. Mm-hmm. Post World War II, they dredged out the shipping channel and dumped it all in the forest to make a beach, and then they put a highway right behind it. So there is a major highway right next to the beach. So there's not a single house that is on the beach. You have to cross the highway to go to the beach. It's stupid. Hmm. But anyway, Roy, what have you been playing? So let's see. I have been playing uh, actually quite a few games, some of them in uh, in in person. With, uh, over Labor Day, we got together and had a in, in-person uh, game night. We played uh, Raiders of the North Sea, which is kind of, it's a Viking-themed worker placement game. And the neat mechanic with this is you have a pawn of, it's either a black, a gray, or a white one. And depending on the color of the pawn is where you can go with the, with the space. And so, like, if I put my my pawn onto the storehouse, then I get I get food or whatever. But so I'm going to put a pawn down. I'm also going to pick another one up somewhere on the board. And I also get that benefit. So if I go to the to the barracks, I can put my pawn on the barracks, and I can recruit a crew member out of my hand and to go onto my ship. And then the 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 other meeple that I pick up, I also get that thing too. Um, so it's basically you're crewing up your your long ship, and you're going to go out and raid the North Sea. So you go to harbors and and raid for goods there. So you get points per, for goods. You get points for going. Uh, some of the spaces have skulls. So if you collect a skull, um, somebody's going to Valhalla. So you go up on the Valhalla track. And um, once you get into higher levels of souls that have gone to Valhalla, you get starting getting victory points for those. Um, you go to the, like, you can go and raid the monastery. You can go and raid the forest or whatever, or the, not the forest, the fortress. And uh, various crew members give you bonuses for some things. So, like, the Berserker says, if you go and raid a monastery, then you get uh, some additional victory points. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of these blank of the blank games from, uh, this from uh, Renegade Games, I believe. There's a whole series of Raiders of the North Sea, and the artwork is all the same, which is kind of cool. Um, so, anyway, that's uh, Raiders of the North Sea I've been playing. Apparently Vikings really like dying in games. Yeah. Because you get points for going to Valhalla. There's another game. Have you guys played Blood Rage before? Uh, I've, I'm familiar it's with a, it. It's a Simon game, but you get – there are certain strategies you can take in that game where you can get a lot of points just for killing your guys. Mm-hmm. So there's actually like a strategy where you could basically like never take any land, never win a battle or anything, just get your guys murdered over and over again and win the game that way. There's another game that I've played, and I cannot remember the name of it, that's kind of the same sort of deal that, um, yeah, if you get sent to Valhalla, you get some victory points for that. Um, but, yeah. Now, I was I was going to say Raiders of the North Sea is available as an app, not only oh, okay. in uh, Apple, Google, Nintendo, and Steam. Hmm. All right. The, and, well, so like the various meeples, so if you have a, a, a black meeple, you can only go into places in the village, 
and the gray and the white ones are the ones that enable you to go to go farther and farther. So only like the white meeples will let you go to the fo the fortress, which is the highest level of places that you can raid. Um, so that was yeah, that's an interesting mechanic with the uh, uh, place a meeple and pick up another one. And so you kind of find your yourself like well. I kind of want to go here because I want to grab that gray one, but I really need a black one at some point too. So uh, you start making some choices about where you're going to go based on what you can pick up. Um, so then I played, uh, last night played Three Hands of Dominion with my wife, which uh, is, uh, it's been a long time since I played Dominion. Um, we played the base set with the Cornucopia expansion, one of the... Uh, the recommended sets out of that, I guess. Um, so I, I enjoyed never the played that game. Really? really? Okay. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising for me too. I just never played it. I mean, I've, okay. I mean, you know, you look at the, the game store and the box is just massive, and there's mm -hmm. like twelve massive boxes. So, I mean, if someone else had it and was like, "Hey, let's play," I would definitely play because because I, you know, in general, I'm interested in deck builders, but. And it's kind uh, never, of the never played it. The granddaddy of, of deck builders. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, so I mean, and it's everything that Dominion is. There's games that have come after that that have happened that they've done better. So yeah, I, yeah, I, play I mean, it's of, I play a lot of Star Realms, so that's mm -hmm. kind of my deck builder of choice. Yeah, and then uh, what the um, oh I cannot remember. There's the aliens. There's um, the cooperative deck builders. There's a there's a Marvel version too. Well, there's Legacy, which has you know like 58 different themes of the same basic game. Those are all co-op deck builders as well. Ah, see, I remember Dominion. Legendary. That's what I was saying. Legendary. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. Legacy. Legendary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're thinking of the same thing. We just okay. got the name wrong. Uh, I, I, I was I was gonna say I just remember Dominion having like a zillion. Um, expansions but i honestly cannot remember um the last time one was released or the last time i ever saw anybody play it they're kind of starting to come out here and there a little bit and yeah uh, uh, i was gonna say the base set and then prosperity is a pretty good uh uh expansion and uh you can play it online at dominion.games so oh, I have no I have no idea if it's good or, or whatever, but uh, it's it is available that way. So one of my game night friends has it's a very outdated app uh, on his Android phone and he constantly plays it. So like in the midst of playing a game at the table, he'll have down by his leg. He'll, <laughs> he'll be playing Dominion. So he'll play, you know, I don't know, 30 or 40 games in the course of a day. But, you know, wow. whatever. I mean, I totally get that if you're, like, that into it and, you know, it's that accessible. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. I just don't think I've ever been in anything like that. There's always been stuff that I'm like, oh, man, if this was an app, I'd play it all the time. And then it comes mm -hmm. out and then I never play it. I mean, that's kind of how Star Realms is for me because, I mean, I don't play it that much. But, you know, a game of Star Realms typically takes five, maybe ten minutes. So, is that I mean, there are... App there are based, some... you mean? Yeah, yeah, I play it okay. on my phone. I have oh. the game also, but I have not gotten out the cards in a while. Because mm. even if I play it with my daughter, who also enjoys it, we just each play it on our phones. 
Um, but there have probably been days that I've played it 20 times in a day. Mm, yeah. When you're, you're having a, a, the, uh, the bathroom constitutional? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where he's banging on the door, get out of there! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I played uh, on Board Game Arena, I played a game called Kingdom Builder, which uh, we have the hard copy of this and, and I enjoy it, but um, the the digital version is pretty nice, I must say, because like it shows you exactly where you can go and you can kind of see better um, strategically where it was more advantageous for you to go. But it's, So this is a, a game, It's uh, actually it's the same uh, designer as Dominion. It occurred to me. So there's, it's a modular board. There's, I believe in the box you get maybe eight quadrants to the board, and they're double-sided. And so you lay them out, and you can flip them uh, one way or another. So you end up with a board that's made out of four pieces that makes up a map. And each quadrant of the board has a special place where you can go. So like the paddock is one of the um, tiles. And the paddock says, if you build next to the paddock, you can take a paddock tile. And then on a later turn, you can take one of your settlements that you've placed and move it two spaces. So that's if you want to branch out and just, you know, take up more room, um, you can get that tile. So there's there's victory conditions that get flipped out every time. So, like, um, one of the, the victory conditions was merchants. So the merchant says that for every location space that you connect to another location space that gives you uh, some number of points. And then there's like the farmers. Uh, for So for every uh, horizontal row, if you can occupy, for every settlement that you, at least one on a horizontal row, that'll get you some points. So it's, um, the replayability is there with the reversible boards that get thrown together, and then with the, the variable victory conditions too. Um, so that's uh, Kingdom Builder. And then I played some backgammon. Actually, I have a backgammon app on my phone. I've been playing a lot of it on there. But I've uh, <laughs> been playing... Uh, during, the, during the Constitutional? You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've also been playing with my wife, too. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm getting more into backgammon. Because, um, I mean, there's... There's a lot of luck to it, but there's also some some strategy too. Um, and then uh, I played. Uh, my wife at a thrift store got a game called Twenty Express, which is a it's a blue orange game, but apparently there's several different imprints of it. And this is kind of a roll and write. And so the the version that I played was was train themed. So you pull tiles out of a bag that go from one to thirty, and you have to put them. Um, as best you can in order. So, like, if you pull out the seven tile, you, um, you know, where am I going to put this? Well, what's the chances that I'm going to get something lower than that or higher than that? So you get points based on on the uh, on a string of numbers that you have. So if you have like six, um, a, a row of six numbers, and that'll give you a certain amount of points. Uh, versus a row of just one number, you don't get anything. But a, like two is worth two points. So um, that's uh, 20 Express. And the, what I linked to on Board Game Geek was a game called Streams. But it's the same. It's basically it's a different retheming of uh, 
of 20 Express. Mm-hmm. And then uh, St. Petersburg. I played a couple of games of that on Board Game Arena. And so this is a game of um, recruiting workers, recruiting nobles, and building buildings. And um, it's very much kind of a, a money-driven game. So like you, the first round, you're going to recruit a woodcutter. Well, the woodcutter will cost you five, but it'll give you an income of three every turn. Um, so then as you get more woodcutters, you're going to kind of build up your, uh, your income, and then you turn around and use that to buy buildings or buy nobles that will then give you some more money and a measure of points, too. And uh, so that's uh, St. Petersburg. I've heard a lot of people talk about playing that. A lot of people talk about how good it is. That mm-hmm. I know of, so yeah, yeah, um, and that's available on Board Game Arena in a in a beta uh, in a beta mode right now. And by the way, Rich, uh, this is all also available on Yukata, yeah. which I tried playing on a little bit too. So I've I've uh, I have a Yukata membership now also. Cool. Yeah, I just started a second game on that one. We finished up our first game and started a second one, and I've been poking around looking at the game list to see if there's anything else. But um, so when you play games online, do you typically just play with some random strangers? No, uh, generally no. It's, uh, we get together okay. over zoom and then just yeah. you know, talk over zoom and play on the, on the, uh, yeah. on the website. That's, that's kind of how I am too. I don't, I don't typically play with strangers. So, you know, like a, something like Yukata, it's, it's nice that all those games are there, but unless, I'm looking for a specific game to play with a specific person, you know, I'm probably not going to play there. Mm. So like, uh, what, what was the game? It was the one I'm playing. Sekigahara. No. Oh yeah. Okay. I was yeah. thinking about the game that I, I ended up playing. Oh, it was, imp- it was uh, kingdom builder Oh, okay. But on uh board game arena. I did not realize that I had started it. And then like, I had no idea that I had actually started a game there. Well, uh, yeah. unbeknownst to me, people had joined. And so now I I was surprised, like, the next day I get this email saying, it's your turn to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? So I kind of got roped into a game of Kingdom Builder with some people that I didn't know. And I I, I yeah. posted, I said, I apologize. I didn't, did not intend to do this, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. So we went ahead and finished it up. Psychic Gahara sounds so awesome. I don't, know, I don't know what you do there, but it sounds cool. So, what's your jam these days, Adam? Um, well, in the past couple of weeks, um, I played Bolt Action, got back into the league that we're doing, and uh, it's chugging along pretty good. Um, I've, the president has actually interfered with my playing. Um, you know he's the president of Bolt Action. The, the president of the United States of America. Uh, I have a package from my painter that is missing. And, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but the we locally had a mail sorting machine get removed to do a little mm-hmm. voter suppression, and uh, yeah, it's been a nightmare. I you know I get tons of mail used to like every day, and now I just get. Uh, a handful of mail about every four days. Just uh, 
Tell them to put a MAGA sticker on it. It'll get right to you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just annoying. But yeah, I have two tanks that have gone missing. So I was like, Dad, gummit, I was going to hmm. play with those this week. Um, and the other thing, uh, a guy locally showed me how to play Warcry uh, yesterday, and it was a lot of fun. That's uh, it's Games Workshops. Age of Sigmar, basically skirmish game. You play it on a two by two board. It's kind of neat. You draw cards uh, to see where you put the terrain. It has like official terrain, so it's like okay, put the bridge here, put the wall here, and then you draw another card to see where you deploy, and then you draw another card that gives you your twist. Which, you know, it could be like uh, rando monsters running around or visibility spore or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we played like two games back to back in like an hour. And that's him teaching me how to play. So it worked really good. I really dig it. And uh, yeah, I played the, the Corvus Cabal. And he, the guy I played with, had never seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Are you guys familiar with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Familiar with bit, it, but yeah. I've never seen it either. Okay, well. There, on one hand, uh, there's an episode where they the gang becomes wrestlers for the troops, and they dress up like eagles, so they kind of look like the Corvus Cabal. And uh, on the other hand, one of the characters, Charlie Day, is obsessed with bird law, and so I was making all these jokes, and so the guy had never seen It's Always Sunny, so I looked like a crazy person. So, there you go. <laughs> Again, we're, we're back to the... So do, the back for the course. Yeah, we're back to the donut place after my sleep apnea test. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I picked up my uh, Victory at Sea uh, starter from my local shop, and... Yeah? Uh, what do you think? Well, I was... I, I For whatever reason, I'm sure I could have read this somewhere and just misunderstood it but i thought like i would open it up and those ships would be on a sprue but they're not they're resin oh really so they're one piece resin and so they were Mm -hmm. kind of you know they're real heavy and stuff and of course i get nervous when they're all jammed into one bag too because they can kind of grind against each other and damage but it seemed to be okay i guess i should do an unboxing or something i haven't really had a chance to dive much into the rules. I used to know the victory at sea rules, and um, I don't know. I'm going to have to, yeah, because nobody else is going to learn these uh, locally, so I need to kind of dive in and, and see. I just worry a little bit because Warlords' like last three rule releases have been poor, with like tons of errata within like 30 days coming out. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. eh, we'll see more of that in the future. But, why I had you guys here. I wanted to talk about winning and losing because it kind of got brought up in a local group recently. Just, uh, I guess, my first question to you two guys would be why do you play games? Uh, Mm. For me, it's a couple things. Um, uh, History is important to me, which is why I play a lot of strategic, you know, historical war games, but that's not everything because I play other stuff that's not historical at all. I like the mental exercise and I like the socialization. Those are the probably the two main things for me are the mental exercise and the socialization. For so for uh, miniature games, I kind of get into the the whole make believe part of it that I, you know, I imagine what that battle must be like to be in it. 
So I, I kind of put project myself into the minds of the figures. Yeah. Which I mean, it sounds it sounds a little crazy, but you know what I mean. I think. No, I totally get that because for especially for historical games, for me, anytime I play a new game, especially a historical game, one of the first questions I ask is, "Who am I playing in this? You know, am I, am I a grunt? Am I a captain? And am I a colonel? Am I the president? Am I whatever? You know." Mm-hmm. So yeah. Same and I think I thing. imagine sounds a lot too. And and the the technology of how something works. Like, do you do well, sound effects when you play? Like if no, you shoot no, artillery at someone? It, oh, I do. Sometimes. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Like in my head, but um, you know, like okay, so why is why is this little light here? Well, that's an indicator light for the show when this is the way it's supposed to be, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's I, I I like to get into the into the the uh, the justifications for why things are the way they are. Yeah, I do that, too. When I play Red Storm with Mitch, you know, if a if a missile is coming in at a plane, we'll describe to the other one like, OK, that that light is blinking on your cockpit. You mm-hmm. know that it's coming or or, you know, you don't have radar warning receiver. You you don't even know it's headed your way. Lucky you. And and Adam, speaking to your your topic about winning and losing, I I like to win. I, I typically don't. But I don't know. Yeah, I, and- the, the the mental exercise of, of building the army list or, you know, kind of fleshing out the strategy in my brain. I, I do enjoy that, but I don't. Yeah. My rule of thumb with winning and losing has always been you. Everyone should play to win, but no one should get upset if they don't. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the games that I play, I mean, I play games that can take 40 or 50 hours to play. And if after 40 or 50 hours you did not have a good time because you lost the last die roll, you're wasting your time. You need to find something else to do. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys handle losing? Uh, I mean, usually I do a quick debrief with the other person. You know, I mean, we'll talk about, oh, in turn two, I should have done this. Or in turn three, yeah, I got a really bad die roll. That would have changed things. Um, or this is what I was originally trying to do, but then I saw that I wasn't going to be able to get past the defenses, so I tried to, you know, change my strategy and do this instead. Usually there's immediately after, there's some sort of quick after-action report just between me and whoever I was playing against. Yeah, me too. I, I find that if I lose consistently, I start to get salty about it. Okay, yeah, I, I've kind of seen that a little bit locally. And that kind of is the reason why I wanted to, wanted to talk about it is like um, when I see people like get like really mad enough to be like I always lose I'm just gonna sell all my stuff you know <laughs> and and kind of you know kind of throw in a pity party a good bit you know usually on social media or you know whatever maybe sometimes there in in the store or whatever like you know just really really you know, get down on themselves. I've seen people like angrily, like pack up, you know, their stuff and, and whatnot, you know, it's, you know, honestly, when it all comes down to it, it's, it's like, basically we're just playing with toys, you know, just little, mm-hmm. little dolls. We can say action figures, but you know, reality, you know, it's little dolls. So it's, but I don't know. I feel like I, I guess people get really vested into it and they kind of maybe put their, you know, it's like I lost, and that is a reflection on me as a person. 
And so that means I'm not good. I don't know. I can kind of identify with that a little bit. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I there there are definitely times that I will get frustrated and maybe even bordering on angry with myself for the way that I played a specific game. But I don't think I've ever ever been in a situation where I'm like angry at the other person or taking it out on the other person mm-hmm. or anything like that. I um I would say I lose about 98.5% of the games <laughs> I play. Okay. Yeah. I do. And, oh oh yeah. Um now that I've been coming out to like the local shop and it's great cuz like I I I absolutely love it that there's people that actually are happy to see me and to like come out go out of their way to say hello <laughs> to me. Look, it is for a guy that like, you know, has issues with like imposter syndrome and and whatever else it is really nice it's really nice to see people like oh wow you know you really like you're happy that i'm here that's cool you have fun when i'm around that's good it helps validate me you know kind of as a person it's like oh okay i'm mm-hmm. I, I guess i'm i'm nice i'm good you know whatever but um i have developed well, didn't you have the one guy that said something like i couldn't even beat adam <laughs> no no no. adam is the only person i beat oh, okay yeah, it, was, it was me and it, there was another guy thrown in there too but i was gonna say that I have developed a reputation at the shop as the guy that rolls terribly. Okay. People will well, literally, people will literally that's, go. That's your fallback then. I well yeah I guess it's it's people will like go oh my god I played Adam you know I and they're like of course I won but it wasn't his fault you should I could not believe he rolled he, you know he rolled he rolled <laughs> forty three dice forty three dice they were all ones I, I've never even seen anything like it. You know, it's and so yeah, I've developed that reputation. I actually won a game yesterday of uh, Warcry, and I was like, oh, so that's what this feels like, huh? It's the first game I've won <laughs> in a long time. So nice. Um, I know, like for myself, it's the social aspect. I just go to hang out, and I have a lot of fun when I play. I want to be able to like when I roll and roll poorly, I want to laugh about it. You know, like we're both me and my opponent are just like ah you know and just laugh or whatever or you know like all right you know uh this this is it i've got to try i've got to kill you you know i've got to roll good here and if it happens you know everybody's like yay you know or not it's like oh you know it's just i don't know i just kind of get into it. it's very very casual to me even when i play at tournaments i do tournaments strictly to just get in more games and that honestly too uh, Legion tournaments, and I now know how to play Legion. So, <laughs> no. as, as ridiculous as that sounds, I now know how to play Legion. So that's what it took. And uh, in fact, this Saturday, and I'll probably stream it live at Twitch.tv/ChanceOfGaming. Is a 40k tournament I'm playing in, and it will last from about 12, 13 hours. It's four rounds. I'm not really crazy about that. It's like four two-and-a-half-hour rounds or four three-hour rounds. I can't remember. It's tough. And um, so I'll get to learn 40K that way. And uh, I yeah. have a theory about dice rolling, by the way. What is it? So my theory is this. Um, every time you roll the dice, in your mind, you are expecting to have a successful result. Therefore, if you fail... It's a negative because you did not meet your expectations. Oh. If you succeed, all you did was hit your expectations. So there's no 
you know, there's no bump from saying I, I did even better than I thought. Because most people, every time you roll the dice, you're just expecting to, to pass anyway. So I think that's the reason a lot of people, and I, honestly, the, the dice thing, I've got one friend that always complains about dice, and, and I joke with him, and I'm like, yep, you're the d- worst dice roll ever, mm-hmm. um, just because I think it's funny to kind of feed into his delusions. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's... it's uh, it's confirmation bias. It's expectation of, of results. I mean, there are times like, you know, I mean, you know, if you roll a 2d6, you're going to get something around a seven. Um, and, but you know, if you get that two and you're playing ASL, you're like, hell yeah, that's awesome. I just did something amazing. Or if you get 12, Oh no, I just broke my gun. Um, <laughs> so depending on the roles, if, if you have something like a 2d6 where it's more of a, a bell curve, then it's probably less likely that you're going to get frustrated by results. But with a 1d6 where everything from 1 to 6 is literally the same percentage, you know, you're just you're going to expect it to succeed every time you roll. And because there's no bell curve, you're going to end up frustrated. A d20 so, system is the same way because it's, it's straight percentage for every single number. Is there a way that you can judo flip your brain to like be okay with those those bad rolls? I don't know. I mean, I think that people that that uh, you know people that that say they're the worst dice rollers, they probably have like an external, uh, you know, you know, external idea that oh, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone that I'm a terrible dice roller, sort of getting myself ready for that bad roll. But internally, I think they're still expecting to, to roll more sixes than they're going to get. <laughs> That's actually one of the cool things about Vassal, and I don't know if it's built into Vassal or just ASL, but there's a button you can click on, and you can see all of the die rolls that took place over the course of the game, and it'll be like, hey, guess what? You rolled a lot of sevens and some sixes and some eights and not very many twos or twelves because over the course of the game, it's going to even out. Mm-hmm. Now, I've often looked at rolls and gone like, well, that's statistically, you know, that that's about what it should have been, you know. If it, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, others, you know, have been like, okay, well, I did better. Or, or, or in mostly my case is like, wow, I should have done that, you know, should have done yeah. much better. Like where you needed a two plus and yeah, there's a whole bunch of ones. But uh, yeah. I think you know, also you, you remember the really good roles and bad roles more too, so they're gonna stick out in your mind later. I mean, I, I mean, you, like you said, you're playing Star Wars Legion. We've all played that. You know, if you've got a rebel squad and you've got a full squad with six guys there, and they shoot you up, and you roll six white dice, over the course of the night, at least once, you're gonna completely blank out on your defense mm-hmm. die, and they're all gonna die. And that's what you're going to remember. But you don't remember the other times that, yeah. you know, you got, I mean, I, I, on that one, I think a white only saves like two out of six times or something like that. So Confirmation bias. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've got a friend in psychology. I'll ask him, like, what, what do you do? How do you retrain yourself, retrain your brain in order to, like, accept poor results? Yeah. I mm-hmm. guess is the best way I would say, I would say that. Now it sounds like the beginnings of a TED talk. Yeah, could be. <laughs> now I I will say a lot of people get really superstitious and stuff with dice. Oh uh, yeah. I've heard 
you know, whispers of some particular guy locally that, like, you know, they're like, you, yeah, you, it's like his dice. There's some, you know, there's you some, should, there's something wrong. You know, you should come to an ASL tournament sometime if you want to see guys who are <laughs> superstitious with dice. Mm. Uh, there's one guy I know that he literally brings probably 50 or 60 dice with him to an ASL game. And every time he makes a new roll, he will roll two new dice and then he will line them all up so that he can see all of his previous rolls. Oh, well, wow. That's practical, yeah. I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Now, uh, huh. I'll, I will say there is an electronic dice roller that um, Luzaki made, Mississippi's own Luzaki. And, like for uh, a phone or something, you mean? No, no. It, it was legit, I guess it was done pre-phone. It's, an, oh. it's about the size of an iPhone. It's uh, it's really pretty. It's um, I just remember seeing it a few times, and I've passed opportunities to buy them. I don't think you can get them anymore. But anyway, every one of the one of those in any app that I might have on my phone, I know mm-hmm. a lot of people that will not let you use it. They're that suspicious of an electronic, you know, roll mm-hmm. that like, yeah. no, you could have hacksawed it and you know be well. rolling good. <laughs> It seems like I've heard that they're not truly random. Those the the electronic die rollers or the apps. Yeah, and someone can call me out on this. I actually used to be a little bit of a computer programmer, um, but yes, truly random numbers in computers are are not really a thing. All you can but, do is 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 get as close to a random, unpredictable seed. Mm-hmm. And then you get a random number from there, but yeah. But for our purposes, they're they're random enough, though I would say to play exactly to unpredictable play toys on a, on a table. Yeah. yeah, it's the difference between completely unpredictable and totally random. I mean, does it look any difference to us? No. Hmm. Now I will say, uh, I again, Luzaki, I have some of his game science dice, which uh, the mm. cor- the corners oh. are so sharp. They will literally cut you. They will jam right into your palm. And um, so, like the D sixteen, the D thirty two, the D nine, all that those weird dice. No, no, no. No, uh, those are, the game science are just like they're supposed to be like perfectly balanced. Yeah, that's all uh, things should that's be. That's his thing. You know, he claims that you know, blah blah blah. That it it's perci- he has all this you know uh, math and stuff backing it up. I don't know. I will say they are perfectly square, so you know that's the thing. However, I would argue that because the uh, the numbers are indented into the dice, I would I would say that affects um, you know the roll technically. I mean, shouldn't they just be painted on? Uh, I don't know. I've heard that casino dice, the weight of the paint is is uh, compensates for the weight of the plastic that comes out of the die. Hmm. But I don't know I don't know that for a fact. But I, I, I remember have, hearing that somewhere. <clears throat> I have seen people game with those, but generally, you know, they're just kind of showy because they're big. But they're also drilled um, if you go, if you buy them from the casino, you know, because you can't actually take them home and do something to them and bring them back and try to cheat the casino. Oh yeah. Okay. Or the, or as my former uh, governor Haley Barber said, the casino. 
We need sound effects for this. Ah, there you go. That <laughs> sounds like sounds like an ASL tournament. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, speaking of dice, you know what I would like. So I've seen I've seen World War II dice before. Where, you know, you get a green one for with like a U.S. star on it, and a red one with a hammer and sickle, and a gray one with a Balkan cross. But I would love to see somewhere, and I can't find like a full set of every major nation, which, I mean, five, but really you could add in Italy and others as well. I think it'd be cool if someone sold just like an entire set of D6s, one for every World War II major power. Oh, like a, like an Axis and Allies-themed set of dice. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I just, there's a lot of games that I play. I play a lot of World War II games, and a lot of them use D6s, and usually I will just because it makes it easier for me, I'll try to match up the colors. Um, so if I've got, like, currently on the table, I've got Hungarian Rhapsody, which is I've got a gray die that the Germans always roll and a red die that the Russians always roll. So, um, But, yeah, it's one of those little, you know, blingify your games things. It'd be cool to have a, a nice mm. D6 with the Balkan cross on it and the, the hammer and sickle and the, the British target symbol, whatever. I don't know what they call that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll link this in the show notes. I would steer you toward um, Flames of War. They're, they uh, actually sell nation-themed nation dice uh, things. And what I have right there in the show notes is the German ones uh, with the uh, Baltic Cross on there. Um, yeah, and famously, a couple of editions ago, they, well, they had Africa Corps dice that actually had the swastika on it because the actual africa core symbol is like a little palm tree with the uh swastika down there at the end and they did a 10 of ss dice and (laughs) those things are worth a ton of money now because apparently they put them out and people complained um you know it's whatever symbol i don't know if it had the token cough uh skull on it or whatever uh-huh. but you know and uh yeah so yeah but see these was... are sold in sets of 20 though so i think what i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna buy one for each set and then sell them to others <laughs> you just want one, you just want one from yeah, uh, just from, one of each from, from everything i'll reach out yeah. to him. i'll reach out to him <laughs> and say like look you know this giant podcast i have with tens of listeners um, you know, they, we need something. Yeah. Make my, it. My buddy wants just one, one from each thing. Can you do that? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for it. Just send it to us. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the only other thing I've got, uh, I did a little blog post. I'll have this link in the show notes about, uh, samurai games. And it's all because yesterday I finally picked up ghosts of Shisuma and it is the cat's cufflinks. It's a video game, right? Yes, it's a video game. Okay. I've heard people talking about it. It's fantastic. And you can't play it, Rich, because it's a PS4 exclusive. Uh, Ah. So you get to play Spider-Man, and you get to play that. Oh, man, is it Did you hear about that in the Avengers game? No, what? What are you doing? So there's a new Avengers game that just came out on console as well. On Xbox, you can play all of the Avengers except for Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Man is only available on PS4. Wow. Okay. Eh, because I, Sony owns them. Yeah, that's true. Oh. That is very, very true. But uh, but uh, basically, this game plays like uh, Fallout or Skyrim, 
Only it's, I mean, it, it has enough in there to be different. It's not third. It's not first person for one thing. It's third, and uh, uh, yeah, it's in feudal Japan. You're trying to stop a Mongol invasion, and yeah, I mean, it's a lot of quests and stuff like that. But man, it really scratches an itch if you like old school uh, samurai movies. <laughs> and I could do a you whole. Can, uh, you can pet the dogs and stuff, right? The yeah, the foxes. And, uh, the, the stuff like that. And, and man, I could do a whole podcast on like old school samurai movies because I love them. But you, one of the cool things you could do is called the standoff, and basically it's you challenge who you send your best guy out to fight me, and uh, if you do it correctly, he does that really cool, really cool thing where they do the one strike just in one. It's my sword is in my my sheath, and I whip it out, kill you, and put it back. So it just re- looks really cool. So I dig it. If you got a PS4, I'm sure it'll probably make it to PC because people love it so much. And uh, yeah. Anyway, Rich, what you been playing? So I'm starting to play some more games. I'm still not playing that much. Uh, like I said, I've had some other stuff going on. I've been studying for for this certification exam that I'm actually taking tomorrow. So, and then I did a I did a triathlon last weekend. So. Both of those were consuming most of the time that I get for gaming. Um, but I did get to play a few things. Um, I played um, Gloomhaven with my with my daughter, and then we we were kind of we finished the main campaign, we started the expansion, and then we we lost interest for a while, which is funny because both of my Gloomhaven's campaigns both kind of petered out after we finished the main campaign. But my daughter and I were like, yeah, you know, I'm not really interested in going on from here. We've done most of it. Um, And then we said, well, what if we just start over? You know, what if we just start over at level one, make some different choices? We can still use the unlocked characters. And she's like, yeah, that actually sounds like a lot more fun. So we got everything out. We started setting up to start over. And my wife was just like walking through the room. I'm like, do you want to play this with us? And she's like, I never even considered it. So, um, so she sat down and played with us as well and she instantly loved it. So now we're, we're starting over a new Gloomhaven campaign with my wife this time. So, (laughs) yeah. And then I did finally, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time is play historical ASL. So I start, it's funny because I'm starting a second historical ASL later this week. So, you know, when it rains, it pours. But um, Hatton in Flames, which is one of the smaller historical ASL modules, uh, but it's a it's a late war battle between the, the Germans and the Americans in France. And we just started it last night. We, we made it halfway through the first turn. But we spent most of our time just BSing with each other and figuring out how to actually set up. Because with historical ASL, you have to buy your units and you have to do a lot of pre-prep stuff. So... So we just kind of I'm really looking forward to that one, though. Um, Basically, the difference between historical ASL and regular ASL is is twofold. One, the maps are actually historical, whereas in ASL, they're just sort of generic and you put them together. And they may be based on historical scenarios, but in historical ASL, the map is actually where all the buildings are and everything. Um, And then the other one is historical offers campaign games which is like a series of scenarios that you play back to back and how the first one ends affects what happens in the second one and so forth and so on. Whereas normal ASL, you 
it's just whatever happens this scenario happens this scenario and that's all you really care about so so how did the hats actually catch on fire uh probably well i tell you how uh, yes i know exactly how it catch on fire because last night i had a one of my american tank destroyers uh that was uh, what's called hip in asl which is a hidden initial placement which means not only do they get like a concealment counter but he doesn't even get to see it on the map at all and he drove his I have to look up and see what kind of tank it was. I'm assuming it was a Panzer, but he just drove it right past me, and I put it right in his side, and now we have some uh, fiery German tanks to keep my boys warm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then, like I said, later on this week, I'm going to be starting uh, Red Factories, which is a huge Stalingrad. I am uh, familiar with that ASL one. module. Yeah. I remember so when I'm, you got that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, and I mean, that who knows how far we'll even make it into it, but we might be playing that for a year at least. So we'll see. We're playing it on Vassal though, so it's you know we don't have to worry about keeping it set up on the table. And then the other game I've been playing with my family a lot lately is Viticulture, which is probably my favorite worker placement game. Um, but I've played it a couple times with my wife and also taught it to my little one, my 11-year-old. So the three of us have been playing that and, and having a good time playing that. We're still playing the the, uh, the regular version right now, the base. Well, it's the essential version, but it's it's still the base version. Um, I'm probably going to get Tuscany out pretty soon uh, just because I, I like some of the things Tuscany adds to it. But I wanted to make sure that they had their mind wrapped around the base game before I started adding too much to it. So I've gotten this game from my game library, and I'm not yeah. sure if the Tuscany. I don't. There's. I think it's the essential version. Does yeah, that so, have Tuscany in it? No. So there's Viticulture, and then Viticulture Essential Edition, which, as I understand it, is basically just a reprint. I think they might have included a couple things, but the you know the basic rules between Viticulture and Viticulture Essential Edition. I don't think there's any changes in those. It's okay. the same thing. But so I guess I've never played Tuscany then. Okay, yeah, Tuscany is an expansion for viticulture, and if I may be wrong on this, but I think they came out with the Tuscany expansion, and then when they released viticulture as the essential edition, they also have a Tuscany essential edition that goes with the viticulture essential edition. Oh, okay. So everything I have is essential edition, just because that's what matches up. And then you can buy other cards, too, like more visitor cards and stuff like that. Viticulture uh, or Tuscany has a couple differences. The main one is that you have three seasons to place your workers instead of two. But then there's also things like influence over different parts of Italy and different ways to get victory points as well. But a lot of those are optional rules that you can, you know, you can add little parts of it to the game as you see fit. But really, mm -hmm. the three seasons instead of two is, I mean, if you're not playing that, I don't know why you're going to play Tuscany at all. So, hmm. but It's a good game. It's my favorite worker placement game. Yeah, I've played it uh, maybe half a dozen times. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I'll always drink a glass of wine with it. Because you're in Tuscany. Yes. We have a sponsor. That's Mike over at AlterDementia.com. And we'll have this linked in the show notes, because it's like Alter, 3D, it's the whole thing. Anyway, 
The discount code is COG2019. He can print whatever you have an STL file for, or he has several licenses there for you to peruse, and he'll print those for you. I uh, know he's got uh, some modular terrain, some new miniatures, uh, the Empire, uh, the Broadside Empire of Steel. And I just added oh, that oh, on there. Sorry, yeah. We're going to we be talking actually, about that yeah, later on. Where we can uh, get the Queen Mary printed out. All right, I like that. And uh, I've got him actually printing some bolt-action terrain for a tournament we hope, in, hope to have in about a month. And uh, so I'm getting, you know, about a table's worth at a time. And because, you know, I need it because it needs to be big and nice and whatever. But, yeah, I've always liked what I've had from Mike. And, uh, yeah, it's AlteredDimension.com. Discount code is COG2019, where you, too, can save 20%. So, on to what's on our radar. And uh, the first thing I, I had was I finally found one of those, you know, 3D dungeon, modular dungeon things that was, like, affordable. I mean, the Dwarven Forge stuff is nice, but daggum, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I, I think they make it affordable by not putting in a floor. And uh, this is Dirt Cheap Dungeons. We'll have this linked in the show notes. And uh, have you guys ever used anything like this for your role-playing? I never have. Uh, there have been times that I've used a grid, but, mo- like, a you know, a big sheet of... Uh hex paper or grid paper but most of the time i don't even use that honestly i have played on dwarven forge a little bit and it's been years and years and years since i've done that though on uh, somebody's some wealthy person's thing <laughs> i've seen some really nice stuff done with them like where people have uh like put down like uh, cardboard or whatever where you can't see the rest of the dungeon and oh, yeah. he only lifts it up as you get into a room, so you can only see whatever. And maybe, uh, like, he has he blocks off what's behind you, so you have to, like, draw your own map. I, you know, you can do some really cool stuff like that with it. But uh, hmm. for me, this seems to be, you know, something that looks really cool, but uh, I've never been able to justify, like, the price to get a table, table full's worth, but, you know, more power to mm-hmm. The next thing we had is from Robotech.com. The Macross Saga RPG is uh, now available. And, uh, I mean, forgive me if, like, this has been available, but I just noticed it, like, a week ago. So, um, yeah. I know this license has had several issues and gone through several different companies. I think the last one was Palladium. And um, I'm not quite sure who has it now, but um, this whole role... It is a uh, whole RPG now available, and you can play Min May, you know, or whoever, Roy Fokker, all your fun little Robotech guys. And it really, every time we cover something with Robotech, it reminds me that I really, really need to rewatch the series because it's been a long time. And uh, I just want to see if it holds up. I mean, it has some really good memories for me, so we'll see. And the next thing is from Nerdvana Games. Bunkers and Badasses. You guys familiar with this at all? Yeah, I put no. this on here, actually. I know, I know. That, that was my way of saying, which one of you guys put this on here? Oh, that's me. <laughs> so the, the video game Borderlands, they made an RPG of it. So, are you familiar, yeah. Are you familiar with Borderlands? Absolutely. 
So uh, yeah, this looked pretty cool. Um, it's uh, it's it's role playing in the in the Borderlands universe on what's the uh, uh, on Pandora is the name of the the planet. It, I, my first question was how do they handle like all the guns and here you go you've got gun cards with a hundred different customizable a hundred different collectible including dozens of blank customizable cards it's a lot of C's and consonant sounds <laughs> um, wow that's really cool uh, Rich if you've never played it I highly recommend it um, I've played and beat the first one the second one and the one that was on Vita I haven't done the Tails one or the third one. It's, I mean, they're really funny. Uh, they, they have a lot of adult humor. I love the, you know, it's, I mean, it's essentially just your regular role playing game, except instead of like, you know, looking at stats for like a sword or whatever, it's guns. It's all about mm-hmm. guns. We'll have like a sniper rifle. What is it? Sniper rifle, pistol, shotgun, and assault rifle. Those are like your classes. And each one does different things. They're rare or uncommon or, you know, whatever. So, And some of the guns will have uh, elemental damage added onto it. So, like, in addition to being shot with a shotgun, it also shoots lightning. Right. Or, or acid or whatever. My favorite from the second one was some stupid, uh, really powerful gun. I can't... It was some kind of machine gun. But... It screamed the whole time, a really annoying <laughs> scream every time you pulled the trigger. So there was there was one mission where you could um, take the the electronic brain out of a out of a robot and put it into a gun. And so, oh, like, yes, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. And then, yeah, it would it would uh, it would yell and everything as yes. you were shooting, and it would comment on like how you your proficiency at shooting or not you know but yeah <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's just really really stupid fun yeah with the screaming gun i just it was so good i didn't want to get rid of it i just i muted the tv every time i, I used it, <laughs> it was like super annoying um uh, the next thing uh we have was hero's quest is coming back maybe sort of it's like hero heroquest.avalonhill.com and there's just a countdown and some guy pointing a finger at me and uh, as of this podcast, we have seven days, 15 hours. Yeah. Have you guys ever played HeroQuest? Oh, yeah. I still own a copy. Okay. I saw it in my I have not, but I've seen I've it. I've never played it. I mean, it's it's one of those games that everybody talks about, but I've never actually played it. So mm-hmm. I will say, I mean, for me, it was just my first dungeon crawler, you know, so I was, yeah. like, I was like, wow, this is awesome. But I mean, so I, outside of the, uh, you know, the the. The nostalgia of it is it a good game? I mean, I would think it's it's a decent game, but I don't. I mean, again, I haven't played it in probably twenty years, but it's. Yeah. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. Nothing that you would be like, oh my gosh, this thing is is just awesome. I just really yeah. think it was just there and available for a lot of people at a formative point in their lives, you know, and. Yeah, it's just and we're seeing a lot of those games starting to get reprinted and come back. But again, if is it a good game or is it just nostalgia? So honestly, what I think this is going to be will be a uh, an app. I, I no oh, okay. I'm almost ninety nine percent sure. It's, you know, it's just going to be an app. Yeah, I mean, if 
I, I could see that too. I never thought of it, but now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense because the potential the for in-app purchases with this one is through the roof. <laughs> hmm. All right, now the obligatory is. Let's see what this is. Why is Hero Quest so oh. great? Oh, I've never seen this that. video. I've never seen it, so let's roll it. About Hero Quest is the cards. What you see before you is the exact optimum number of cards required to play a heroic adventure game. No more. Are we going to comment about it? You can't hear the other month I was playing in the local. I can't hear it. I've seen it before, but I can't hear what Adam's He's very much a. Your typical comic book guy. With a wild, bushy beard. Look at its beautiful, vibrant, bushy beard. The best thing about Hero Quest is, and he just goes through it. There was never any doubt as to how much space a game Hero Quest crazy eyes and everything. But what do modern games give us? Oh, they're obsessed with modular dungeon tiles. And that's terrible. I put the next thing on. All right, I'll link that in the show notes so we can all enjoy. And, uh... Yeah, I'm glad you did because I thought we had talked about this, but I guess I was talking to someone else about it. I I sent it out. Uh, I texted it to you guys. Yes. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Okay. The Lost Lost. Tomb of the Bitchin' Chimera, mm-hmm. a Dead Milkman's RPG adventure. Yeah. Man, seventh grade me, Dungeons and Dragons and Dead Milkman. Could it get yeah. any better? I I, so. I am afraid that I don't. Can't think of a single dead milk person song. I can think of one. <laughs> Bitch and Camaro. <laughs> Bitch and Camaro? Yeah, Bitch and Camaro, man. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'll I'll go I'll go into it. I yeah. <laughs> my, my folks have some homework to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I've had several friends that were like super duper excited about this. This is on Kickstarter. We'll have this linked in the show notes. Uh Let's see. Oh, yeah. How are we doing as of this podcast with 23 days left to go? They wanted a measly $1,500 and they are up to $35,000. So it's only been going for about a week. Uh, is there any really cool stretch goals? Like I can be in the band? No, I can be in the book for 250 bucks. Oh, sorry. 10 people backed it. It's no longer available. Done. Well, okay. So I have a name drop here. Oh, I, yeah. On Twitter, I uh, texted or I, was, I I tweeted something or other about the uh, the song Rastabilly, which is a Dead Milkman song, mm-hmm. and Rodney Anonymous, who is one of the band members, uh, heard about this, and so now Rodney Anonymous follows me on Twitter, and I follow him. <laughs> nice. So, so that's my name drop. You know, and I'm sure that I, he's listening right now. I'm sure he is. I'm, I'm really tempted to get one of these shirts now. <laughs> what oh, shirts? Bitch and Camara Bitch and Camara shirts. Oh, did I miss? Where's that at? Yeah, scroll down toward the bottom. Oh, there yeah, we go. The pledge calls. Yeah. Is it like an Bitchin- add-on? No, I think you could just buy the shirt by itself. Oh, okay. oh it is an add-on. Yeah. You got to be a backer. <laughs> hmm. All right. So is this? Let's talk about this for a minute. Is this an adventure or is this a? a it's whole it's like a module. Yeah, okay. an adventure it's, module for D and D, but yeah, it's. D and D fifth edition. I mean, I'm edition. sure that they're going to have lots of goofy references and, you know, to the dead milkman, and you're probably going to run over some old lady at the county fair, but you won't get arrested because your dad's the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for 18 bucks, you get a printed copy and a PDF, or yeah. just for nine, you can do the PDF. 
Um, yeah, the the shirt and the dice must be add-ons, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, nine yeah, bucks yeah. for the PDF. I'm, I might end up end up picking that up on Drive Through RPG at some point. There's a box set. That's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, I gotta say that is pretty cool. That uh, you know, you get a shirt that says "Bitch and Chimera" with like this three-headed calf thing. It's a chimera. Okay, you say so. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah it's it, yeah like I said I have several friends that were like this is like an insta buy insta back you know for this and I'm like man I'm just mm-hmm. I don't know I've missed the dead Milkman some somehow I'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it on the next show I'll I'll listen to it I'll I'll go through it on um Spotify and see but, and uh, oh my gosh Rich you managed to find Death Troopers. I did, yeah. We talk about Legion a lot on this, and I know people, especially Death Troopers, are really hard to find, but there's some other things that are hard to find, too. But I've, I actually found a place online called Swords and Boards, I think it's called. It's sbgames.net. Um, but yeah, they've got a lot of stuff that is out of stock everywhere else, and I have Death Troopers. I ordered them last week, and they are sitting right next to me here, so I... I I got so, two two sets of Death Troopers and I got Krennic. Okay, so that's that is from Rogue One. They have the uh, what the um, yeah the two sided card that's I forget what it's called the uh, uh, twin linked something or other like that. Yeah, I haven't even opened the boxes yet because oh, okay. they just literally came in the mail you know earlier today, so they're just so, sitting here. But yeah. So my opponent Dana has has one unit of uh, Death Troopers, mm-hmm. which I've I've. Fallen prey to that, whatever that, that, uh, oh, focused fire is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not a sponsor or anything. We're not making any money off this, but they've got a lot of stuff in stock that I have not seen in stock other places. So yeah. check them out if you're hmm. trying to find something. I'm, I'm passing it on to a, a friend of mine. Uh, I never quite know the, the ethical ramifications of dumping like a link to a website in the middle of our group chat, which is centered mm-hmm. around the local store. Uh, usually, yeah. usually he's like, if I don't have it and you need it, I don't care where you get it from. Cause like I, there, I needed something for the 40 K tournament. He's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to have that, you know, in time. So, you know, get it. If you need to get it somewhere, go get it. You know, but yeah, man, Death Troopers. I've the uh, the Legion guys have been talking about them for months about how just impossible yep. they are to find. Yeah. And uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Have you probably they probably won't be there by the time you hear this, but it doesn't hurt to check. It's yeah. It's sbgame.net. Let's see. Yeah, they do. They have uh, Armada Legion, uh, 40k, and that's about it. They have past that is yeah just board games trading cards all that good stuff so interesting um yeah wow yeah and I I don't know I still need to I was thinking about okay one thing I don't think I've mentioned on the show and I meant to do a YouTube video on this is like I don't like playing characters in games but uh, Star Wars Legion pretty much that is the game <laughs> so um. I think I'm going to lean into it and try to run Luke and Sabine. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're both good. Because I've, I've been on the uh, the 
bad end of that and, uh, uh, you know, facing them. And I like what I saw. So, yeah. <laughs> I really like Sabine's little uh, little bomb thing she does. And plus she has yeah. the dark saber. And I'm sure it's just as good as a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Lightsaber throw is also insane. So, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, what's the next thing we got? I think Roy and I both yes. saw this one, the broadside. Yeah, I just I thought this looked interesting, um, and oh, honestly, I I, can't... I read the link and then I posted that ace, the, okay. the thing of her yeah. saying. Honestly, I can't even think of another game that would fall into this category, but it's a tabletop miniatures solitaire game. Wait, solitaire? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm I don't think it's exclusively solitaire, but I saw some some like solo board gamers talking about it. So oh, okay, yeah. uh huh, yeah, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I I really like this for thirty dollars Australian, twenty two twenty two American, and that's the starter set early bird. I get a PDF of the rules, and I get the STL files to print uh fourteen classes of warships, mm-hmm. which is really I thought cool. that was pretty cool. Yeah, so I, so I, they don't have to send anything out. Right, they just email it all to you. And, I guess uh, right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure you get you download it through Backer Kit or or something like that. Which, okay. Side note, real quick. Um, on one hand, that's really cool and handy. I when I get something like that, I prefer if it's tied into like RPG.net. No, I'm sorry, not RPG.net, but like Wargame. What what's the 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 online PDF RPG place? Oh, drive. Right yeah, through RPG. Drive through RPG. Yes. And and they have a war game version of that and drive through comics and whatever. I prefer if it's tied to that instead of just being, okay, here's your download. Because I could download that PDF and then like lose it in a hard drive crash or whatever and and that's it. My purchase is gone. But if it's tied to like drive through RPG, it's always it's tied to my account and I can just download it anytime I want. Yeah, I like buying a game on Steam. Same kind of thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to click. Which I, I got a new computer last week, and I had to start replacing things, so it was nice to have a lot of that stuff, just a new you know, one-stop shopping to know where to get it. So I was, I think I was wrong with the solitaire thing. I think I was confusing this with something else, but it oh. does look like an interesting game. I just like the idea that it's all, there's no physical anything. You just get yeah. the STLs and, and, you know, call up Mike at Alter Dimension and have him Print them out for you. No lie. And okay, I'm looking at this. All right, um, they wanted like two thousand one hundred eighty-four dollars. They've gotten one thousand nine hundred ninety. But all the early bird starter set is still available. Twenty-five left of twenty-five. Zero backers. Why did nobody back that? What What are people actually backing? Is what I don't see on here. Uh, unless I'm misunderstanding, no, they've got four backers with the play the play the king early bird special, which is everything <clears throat> in the starter set and unleash the big guns package. You get all the files. All right, that's thirty seven dollars. So you get more stuff. You get uh, destroyers, torpedo boats. So most people are getting rule the waves. Everything that's on offer. So all of it. For oh, fifty-five dollars, $41, Australia. yeah, forty-one bucks. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty good. You get a lot of stuff there. This would be really cool. It looks like it's going to uh, fund, and I'm trying to see: is it by anybody, any particular company that maybe I've heard mm. of? Uh, just a dude. I mean, we've we've talked about this type of thing before, but I mean, I would not be surprised at all if ten years from now, this is what almost every game is: is you will, you know, buy the rights to it and print it yourself. Because I think 10, 15 years from now, everyone's going to have a 3D printer in their house, or at least everyone that, that wants one. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, more and more friends of mine are getting them, and uh, it seems to be the way to go. I've thought about it a couple of times, but I still think I'm at least a year away. Um, I think my main thing is, is like the only place I could put one would be like in a garage, and I don't know... Yeah. Like how that would work and with heat and yeah. I don't know the details or anything, but I do know that like at the St. Louis library, they have public 3d printers that you can sign up for as well. So huh. there are other ways to do it, even if you don't own one, but yep. Yeah. Go, go to alter dimension. <laughs> they, well, they, they do that at like my local libraries too. They'll even have yeah. like nights where it's like print and take, like you can print X amount of ounces of whatever you bring up there for free. So it's kind of neat. Well, I'm definitely going to back this. So uh, the next thing is, this is, oh, I'm still learning. Eric Lang steps down from his executive role at CMON to focus on design and activism. Is he going to design activism? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> What's the next the next big thing in activism? In activism? Look, I saw a fantastic yeah. meme that talked about why is there not a kid's cartoon called like uh mickey the molotov who teaches kids like how to make like molotov cocktails and stuff to resist the government so i don't know he could do like that maybe that's what he's gonna do it's mickey the molotov the cartoon for kids <laughs> well there's probably gonna be miniatures too oh yeah always yeah, it came, came oh. from simon yes so. always always now i just thought it was an interesting story he's been he's been pretty vocal especially on twitter and some other forums as well the last few months with all the with everything going on just talking about you know his experiences as as a a black man in the the game design industry so mm -hmm. um it's interesting to see his perspective but now it's also interesting because he's leaving that position so you know uh makes me wonder i don't know i mean if he's if he's leaving to focus on design and activism what he's going to be doing but then there's also one less person of color working in the industry so you know it's it's kind of a i don't know catch 22 maybe hmm well i mean i can't blame him you know what he said you know he's had to go through and yeah, yeah. I, I mean i can't imagine having to go through that look this past year has definitely shown me that the tabletop industry is a lot different than I thought it was. I don't know why I thought, like, you know, everything was all fun and happy and accepting because that's the way I see people when they play games. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's it's not really true. So, anyway. You thought we were cooler yeah. than that. Yes, I did. Yeah. I think it's always just important to remember that people are 
maybe might even be fair to say they're usually not what they appear to be. I mean, everyone's got more going on underneath than what they're showing. So, and different people d deal with that in different ways. Some people sort of grin and bear it. Some people just avoid situations altogether. So, um, you know, you, the, the people that are showing up to play games with you are maybe not everyone that wants to be there playing those games. Hmm. So, yeah, that's true. I don't know. It, I mean, it's a hard question. It's, it's not like, you know, it's not like any one of us has any answers and it's not like any one of us has any solution or, or you know, it's, it's, it's such a big problem that touches so many aspects of life that it's, it's easy to just say, well, what can we do anyway? And not bother. Yeah. Well, <coughs> <pardon> me. well, <laughs> well, the next thing we had was, let's talk about shoes. I know this is I swear this I thought would have been a uh, <laughs> uh, April Fool's joke. K Swiss Shoes is doing Magic the Gathering themed sneakers, and the first one will be uh, one of the Planeswalkers, Jace. It'll be themed to that, and I posted it on Twitter. I was like, "Come on, I want to see some uh, some GMT or MMP themed shoes." Have Have you made your ASL shoes yet to go with your shirt? Uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I guess I could get some like some white Vans or Keds and, uh, and do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Where's my Mitchell Land shoes? Air Mitchell shoes is what I want. They have like you so. Know, it's funny. I, I actually I, I mentioned earlier I did a triathlon this year, but I lost a lot of weight this year, and um, I've got a lot of T-shirts that just don't fit me anymore. They're all huge and everything, but some of them, you know, for sentimental value and you know even stuff like war games and the next war shirt and stuff like that. I was thinking about turning those into masks, <laughs> mm -hmm. cutting them up and turning them into face masks. That would so be I could cool. have a, a next war face mask or, or something like that. Also, uh, t-shirt blankets are a big thing. T-shirt quilts. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. You can either do them yourself or, you know, spend a couple hundred bucks and send them off to a company to do. Um, Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, if you do, <laughs> if you do it yourself, yeah. I've got some of my dad's I'm going to do for my kids. Um, and, uh, and yeah, some of mine, too. But, yeah, huh. I've been a big t-shirt guy for, like, forever. Anyway, but yeah, I was yeah, I want to see designer ones. The the Mitchell Land ones would be good, or the the Mark Herman ones would be really nice. But uh, yeah, somebody needs to step up their game, and it should be like Adidas is who I want to see do it. I think <laughs> Nike won't do it. But anyway, uh, speaking of designers, our close personal friend Ryan Heilman, who is definitely listening to this, and Dave Shaw, who is definitely not listening to this has released <laughs> White Eagle Defiant, uh, Poland 1939. And uh, I'm assuming this is using the same engine, quote-unquote, as Brave Little Belgium? Yeah, I haven't played it, but I think that's fair to say, yeah. Uh, I And again, uh, I find uh, Poland 39 to be really interesting. And uh, in fact, I've got some polls for bolt action I want to get done. And so this will be one I pick up probably the next time I see the Holland Spiel uh, thing. Like, you know, we saw it last time. Uh, no, you weren't there with me. Um, my friend Chris was when we were at uh, Consumer Dallas. There was uh, people selling uh, Holland Spiel. The people from Blue Panther were there. So 
I yeah, I didn't get Brave Little Belgium because Chris has it, and he's the like the only person I would play. So there's no point in me buying it. So I guess it's I should in turn purchase this one, so he and I can play once COVID is done. So but I'll definitely get this. And oh, the next thing I thought was really cool, the. L-A-A-T slash I gunship is available for X-Wing. And this is a the, the clone, basically their their version of a Huey helicopter, I guess. It's their gunship that I, when I saw it in Attack of the Clones, I was like, man, that is so cool. I would love to have that toy. And I would really, really love a version of this for Legion. But I don't know quite how big that would be on the table. Well, look at the yeah. next link there in our in our doc. <gasps> there is a Star Wars Legion scale L A A T work in progress. Oh man, that thing is cool. Did he three D print it or is it based on a toy? It's uh what it's uh some kind of model that he this person bought online. Darkfire Designs. Okay. So it's an L A T gunship that's Star Wars Legion scale. That is it, really cool. And it's a big hunk of plastic for sure. Yeah, it is. It really, really is. So I I don't know. I guess if Legion keeps going that long, you know, they'll they'll probably end up doing like um uh what do you call it? Uh like uh, mega, you know, vehicles or whatever. I mean, it seems like it's a no brainer that they would do an ad at. Because I mean even for Armada, they did a Super Star Destroyer. So, you know, that's not something that you would commonly play, but it would be like, oh, hey, this is cool. It looks really cool. So how about, you know, it'll be my Star Destroyer, my Super Star Destroyer versus everything you have, you know, and you just play that out. So I think they'll do it eventually. So maybe we'll get something like this. Have you guys actually so, seen any clones or... uh uh, droids being played? I've played against right. droids. In fact, the last Legion game I played, which was, you know, last winter before the, everything happened, but uh, the last game I played, I played against droids. And I've seen clones on the table, other people playing them, yeah. Hmm. Clones are pretty popular, I think. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, well, locally, I think there are more droid players by one. I think there's like oh, yeah? yeah, I think there's like three droid players and two clone players. Okay, okay so I found the Darkfire Designs website. The gunship is forty five dollars. Here I'll uh I'll paste this into the okay. into the doc, doc here. Yeah. And uh, that's a, we were, I mean that's we a reasonable price for a piece of terrain like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have it linked in the show notes too. Um that Oh yeah, it's three. It's a three D printing thing. Uh, yes, yes, it is. And all right, so I guess it's forty five bucks for the STL file. I'm guessing. It is. Oh really? That seems expensive. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, it is. Could. So be. this uh, designer has all kinds of different um, terrain things to uh, to build. Darkfire Designs. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, see, and again, you see these stuff, and you think, wow, I'll just get a 3D printer, and I'll just print this whole thing out. And apparently it's not that easy. Uh, and apparently, I know at least 
talking to my local guys, it's like stuff goes wrong and you end up having like half a thing, whatever it is that you have to like convert to a wreck, <laughs> you know, just to use it because you used, you used up that much filament. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. See, that'd be my thing. And, oh yeah, the other thing is like the time. Some of these things will run for like 130 hours to print, you know, whatever. Oh so, yeah. Ugh. But Adam, I kind of I kind of hijacked your story about uh, the L A A T for X Wing. Oh yes, it is coming out for X Wing. It looks cool, but I mean that's about it. And I will say, sadly, X Wing, yeah, it's died, but it is not really dead locally. It's it's on hold, and the main reason why is uh, the couple of guys that kind of ran it and kept the fires going uh, have health issues. So they have been really, really, uh, either they have health issues or like their significant other does. And so they've been really um, cautious about coming out. In fact, they're not coming mm. out. So they're staying at home. So X-Wing's kind of been on hold. We used to have like a tournament about every other month. But um, yeah, it's been a long time since we've done it. I mean, I keep buying, you know, when something's cool. I know Boss's ship finally came out. So I've been meaning to get that and do some scum because I've never done scum before. And, uh, yeah, but, eh. but yeah, it's coming out for the clones, but I don't play the clones. I picked up some droids cause I thought they were cool. Hmm. I have those. Uh, the next one we had is another PlayStation four exclusive game, horizon zero dawn. Uh, and the board game for it is available for pre-order. I really, really liked playing this game. Uh, I picked it up, I think, for like $5 or something. I had heard about it. I thought the art direction was cool, but I never actually sat down to play it until I did, and uh, it's fantastic. And this board game is coming from Steamforge, the guys that just quit making Guild Ball. I really think... 100 bucks. Trying to remember I'd heard that name before. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100 bucks MSRP, so you figure what? 60, 80, you know, miniature market. Probably 80, yeah. I mean, at, at least 80. You know, you'll at least get 20% off. But yeah, just Google Horizon Zero Dawn and look at, like, the art direction of it. It's all these, like, robotic dinosaur-looking things or just creatures and stuff like that. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, game. I don't even know if they... Yeah, they're... I cannot think of the overall plot. I shouldn't spoil it anyway, even if I could remember... But needless to say, something happened. Now robot dinosaurs are running around, and humans are basically, uh, you know, very primitive, bow and arrow type stuff. And so, yeah, you go out and you you can kill these things and harvest them for parts and make other stuff. And yeah, but I don't know how that's going to translate over into the board game. But um, the video game was a lot of fun. So there you go. And. Hmm. Last but certainly not least, um, I found this today. Uh, the Players Aid blog tweeted that there is a fantasy version of Dan Versen Games Warfighter. Wow. Which is coming to Kickstarter at the end of the month. I played Warfighter at um, Constant World Dallas, and it is a lot of fun. It is. is it? Yeah, I thought it was. Um, but I know it has a lot of. <laughs> You know, who's it's and what's it's too. You yeah. know, a whole lot of expansions and stuff for it, so you can do a lot of different things. 
But um, even for like a a solitaire game, I thought it was really neat that I think I died two out of the three times I played it. You know, trying to accomplish my goal. And um, yeah, I think solitaire games should be hard though. Yes, I mean. I think solitaire game, if if you're winning more than half the time, I think it's too easy. Yeah, I agree. And I used to think, you know, because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, you know, completely immersed in the whole social aspect of gaming. I was like, why would anybody want to, you know, you know, play a solitaire game? But the way I've came around to thinking about it is it's like, it's basically like a video game, you know, where you sit down and you play that by yourself. You can multiplayer them, but, you know, a lot of them are. And so it's just kind of like that, and there you go. So. Interesting. So um, that brings us to the end of the show. It does. We flew right through it. And I hope we stayed on track. I've heard complaints that we were getting too stream of consciousness lately. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just know Mitchell uh, Land loves us, and that's all that matters. So you know, he's he said we have done no wrong. That's what I. That's a direct quote. Not a single. <laughs> that's a direct. Quote a direct quote. Him, huh? Not a single thing we have done wrong. And uh, yeah, so there you go. So Except for that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you. I hope we you, all know who he's talking yeah. about. Yep. Yep. I hope you guys are, you know, staying safe out in COVID land. Uh, you need to double check, make sure you are still registered to vote, even though you think you are, even though you have a card in your wallet that says you are. You may not be. You could possibly be disenfranchised and not know it. So there's lots of places online where you can check to vote. You can also uh, call your local spot and uh, do it. And uh, if you don't like the way the mail is being done and you think it's, you know, kind of tin pot dictator-ish, you should contact your local congressman. Congressperson, even though they may be Republican or whatever, you should still do it and let them know how you feel, that this isn't right, and uh, and be polite and nice and go, yeah, you, you have some concerns. So there you go. Because we're coming up, we got to vote in a couple months. It's pretty important, and uh, yeah, so there you go. We are barely two weeks from uh, the first and maybe only presidential debate. Uh, yeah, I did see today where somebody Joe that's going to be a shitstorm for a, sure. A four-hour <laughs> Joe Rogan podcast with that, that would be fantastic. It literally would. It would just be fantastic. I, I would have, you, have you put in your name to be a, yet a moderator yet, Adam? Maybe no. we can have them both on this show. <laughs> no, I'm not. Did I ever tell you guys that I actually worked uh, presidential debate? No, no. Uh, I work. I uh, mean, I, I've I've never been to one, but uh, yeah, I, I work for Washington University in St. Louis, and most years they have one here. So we it's always uh, a big deal. The the first and only one came to uh, Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, it uh, it was McCain versus uh, Obama, and hmm. uh, it was really really interesting. Uh, the company I worked for, we were uh, involved in it, but not actually conducting the debate. But it was really neat to me because you could not be on campus unless you were faculty staff or an approved member of the press. So that was fascinating to me. Like, I still have my Secret Service ID. 
that I was issued. It was like you had to, uh, they didn't, they, we, uh, my company submitted everybody. And it seems like I swear there was like one person got kicked back. It was like, no, he can't come. And they don't, they don't say why. And, um, the rest of us all got these IDs and they look really neat. And, um, yeah, that was the only hmm. way you could get on campus. And it was just this really neat festival kind of type atmosphere. There were all these places, you know, had, that had booths that were talking about, you know, different stuff. There were protesters here and there and every freaking major news outlet you've ever seen was there. And it was really neat. And my favorite story that I tell everyone from it is they hired an outside security firm who all they knew is you were a member of the press. They didn't know what press. So nobody was stopping me from walking onto the set of other shows and whatnot that not while they were on the air or whatever, but you know, I could, you know, just walk through <laughs> But my favorite. You didn't, you didn't photobomb anybody? Well, like, uh, Rachel hold, Maddow or anything? Hold on. I'm getting there. <laughs> my, my favorite okay. story is I called my friend um, at home. He's down in Hattiesburg. I'm in Oxford. And I'm like, hey, man, turn on MSNBC. And he's like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, just do it. So he turns it on. And I'm like, you see me waving in the background? <laughs> I'm like that's me. We just had a good laugh at that, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. All right. I don't think it was a lot of fun. Golly, that was that was like 13, 14 years ago, something like that. Man, a long time. Anyway, so yeah. all right. So we're gonna go and say good night, and uh, yeah. So good night, John boy. Good night, everybody. Be nice to people around you. This is Roy signing off. <laughs>